Next on BYU Sports Nation, overreact much? Is the loss at Toledo as bad as it seems for BYU? And a look at bye week improvements. Which side of the ball for BYU has the most room to improve? Plus, where will men's basketball finish in the preseason coaches poll? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler. What's up, everybody? BYU Sports Nation is live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Thursday, October 3rd. Great to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who doesn't bug me, Blaine Fowler. I'm, I'm glad that I don't bug you, Shep, because... And a lot of people bug me. You are not one of them. That's I love that. <laughs> but evidently, a lot of people are bugged by BYU. Uh, apparently, this is actually really interesting. Yeah, so it's so uh, a team at Insight Pest Solutions. They did a survey. Over 13,000 sports fans were asked which team bugs them the most over various sports. BYU was in the top 10. They finished <laughs> at number eight. Do you want to be in the top I, 10 in I'm this? not sure if that's a compliment or if that's a put. I actually think you could view it as a compliment, right? Listen to the other schools that are in this. This is the creme de la creme of, of basketball schools. Yeah, so we go number one, Duke. Number two, Kentucky. Three is North Carolina. Four, Michigan. Five, Michigan State. Six, Kansas. Seven, Ohio State. Eight, BYU. And then Arizona is nine, and Indiana rounds out the top 10. Look, we're talking about like the best of the best in college basketball. Yeah, it, BYU's in this. And it says it's across various sports, but to me, the reason people hate all these teams is because they're phenomenal basketball programs and because they travel well. Yes. Because their fans are annoying. Look, you're not on this list if you're not relevant. Right. And that's true. And so you think about BYU and the WCC. They go on the road in basketball and they take the arena over. They do it in football, too. They go on the road, and all of a sudden there's this huge contingent of fans that are there, and that's annoying for home fans, right? So I, I think this is a huge compliment. I think, it, I think it's a good thing. That's, that's a poll you want to be in the top Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it as a compliment. People may have meant it. I don't know. Maybe Ute fans jimmered the poll, or I don't know. Maybe since they won't call it that, maybe they Van Horned the poll. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe that's how BYU got and on Anytime this. you're with Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Michigan, and those guys, I'm good with any poll that were with that I, I agree schools. that's that is the the best of the best in in college basketball uh, big show for you today speaking of the best of the best here's today's show lineup BYU great and I mean great Lee Johnson your former teammate is going to join us Thunderfoot here's the here's the thing I want to ask him like here's one of the things you need to know about Blaine Blaine has a story about everybody Blaine has interacted with everybody and if you ask him about any specific person, he can give you a story. I want to see if, if Lee has a story about you. Who? So I'm going to ask Lee that question. He's going to have to watch it because he has a couple that he probably can't tell. A couple that are embargoed. He can't yeah. talk about it. Greg Rubel will join us from the West Coast Conference Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas. We're waiting to find out where the, the coaches poll has BYU finishing, at least in their opinion. And improvements over the bye week. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But right now, let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Ziggy Ansah and the Seattle Seahawks face the L.A. Rams tonight in Seattle on Thursday night football. Ziggy has five tackles and one sack so far this season. And since Jerem Jordan is a fan of the Seahawks since they started making the playoffs, he will be in attendance tonight. 
Headline two, Jimmer Fredette's been named to the Sports Illustrated 2010s, 2010s All-Decade Second Team. Second Team? Now, Come I'm, I'm going to try this right now. Jimmer and Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos? Pan- Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos. Yes. Panathinaikos. Okay. They take on Kravina, Zevzda, MTS, Belgrade today. I, that's uh, the last time I'm going to try that in their opening EuroLeague game at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, you're braver than I am because I would have just said they're in action I wanted today. to try. I just wanted to try it That's once. good. That's good. BYU Women's Basketball is picked second behind Gonzaga in the annual WCC preseason coaches poll. Cougars received three first-place votes. Three Cougars were selected for the all-WCC preseason team. Paisley Johnson, Sarah Hampson, and Brenna Chase Drollinger. BYU Men's Basketball, as we mentioned a second ago, their preseason coaches poll expected to be released, hopefully, within the next hour. And number nine, women's volleyball, back out on the road to take on Pacific tonight. BYU's won 10 of their last 11. They're a perfect 3-0 in WCC play. The game's going to tip off at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the WCC Network. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Look, after last Saturday's loss at Toledo, the Cougars right now sitting at two and three, one game under 500. The offense struggled to score points, finish drives, pick up short yardage situations. We all saw it. We, we all know the defense banged up with injuries, continued to struggle against the run. With all of that said, Blaine, are we overreacting to the Toledo loss? And when you say we, I'm assuming you're saying we, Cougar Nation. And all I, of us. You, I'm gonna me, say, all of us. I'm going to say yes, we're overreacting. I think we're overreacting a little bit. It's an unbelievably disappointing loss. I, I give you that. It's a game that they should have won. They're a better football team than Toledo. But I think we need to wait until the season progresses and gets over. We'll look back and we'll have a better sense of how bad a loss it really was. I mean, people out there are saying this is devastating. And I'm thinking, I don't know if it's devastating, right? So let's see how good Toledo ends up being. If they go on and end up 10-2 and or 11-1 and and win the MAC, I don't, maybe they're better than we think they are. And what does BYU do from here? Do they go on and, and maybe win, lose only one or two down the stretch? Because at the beginning of the season, I felt all along, if they could get to eight wins, um, that would be a really, really good season based on how young they were going to be this year. I felt like this was a stepping stone year, and then next year was when we could start to expect double-digit wins again, right? They're so young. So seven was going to be okay. Eight, to me, was a good season. That's all still in front of them. So I... I don't know if this is devastating. I don't think it's devastating. I think we're overreacting a little bit. I think we have to wait for the balance of the season to find out how good Toledo is and then see what BYU does from here on out. Okay, so are we overreacting to the loss? Yes, but with this explanation. Taking this game by itself, yes, we're probably overreacting to the loss. Everybody is preaching doom and gloom after losing at Toledo. BYU didn't play great. We know that. There were factors for that, however. Injuries are one, and I know everyone's everybody's injured. You can't use an excuse. Look, not using it as an excuse, but we're saying it is a factor in why some of the things played out the way they did. Execution problems is, is another. So there, that's all there. Where I would say the overreaction may be warranted is that we're seeing more and more of these types of games, meaning games where we feel BYU is better, more talented, the superior team, yet they still lose. That, I think, is where maybe we are not overreacting because we're starting to see more and more of those type games. The one game is not a cause to overreact. The pattern 
is where we're seeing it. Maybe that is. And, and I'm wondering if this pattern is due to loading up so heavy in the front end of the season, getting beat up, as you mentioned. You come, you're a little bit shorthanded, and now you lose to a team that when you're full strength, you absolutely shouldn't lose to. But you're trying to kind of recover and lick your wounds and do that. Is, is that part of that pattern? Is that part of the reason for it? And it would, be, would it be better, and I do think in future schedules, the great teams are spread out a little bit more. You look as we looked at some of these future ones. You play Stanford at the, yeah, end, at the end of the, of the year. year. Yes, play, is that going to help BYU? Maybe not have these inexplicable losses to teams that you just go. They're better. They've got to win the games where they're better. Well, there's no question that over the last couple of years, BYU has come out of the first month, and most of those have been against P5 teams, banged up. I mean, it's for whatever reason. If it's just because of the level of competition. There, that has been the case. BYU has has not fared well in terms of health coming out of the first month. And and now they're they've lost their two best offensive players and their yeah. best defensive player. So that's that's a big deal. I think it is. Well, let's move on to topic two. A lot of people ask me, is this the defense's fault or is it the offense's fault that they're at, where they're at right now? And so the question is, which side of the ball needs to improve the most? Over this bye week. Look, I have to go with the defensive side of the ball. And the defensive rush numbers have been brought up all season long, and, and they're not improving. And this is not me saying that. Kalani Satake said emphatically that BYU has to find a way to stop the run. He said that after the Toledo loss. It's clearly on his mind. It's clearly something that, that they have to work on. BYU right now ranking 118th out of 130 teams, giving up 221 yards per game on the ground. Now, maybe that changes now that the teams BYU will face don't present the same caliber of run game. Let's not forget, Toledo was the 11th-ranked rushing team in the country. They had a track record all season long of being able to run the football. Now, on the other hand, maybe teams who don't normally run the ball that much purposely run against the Cougars because of those numbers. When there is a glaring weakness that every opponent has been able to take advantage of, that has to be priority number one to take care of. That's why I say the defensive side of the ball needs the biggest improvement over the bye week. Well, I, I agree that the defense needs to improve. And, and I think part of that is the injuries at linebacker. Isaiah uh, Kafusi has not been 100% healthy. He's just coming back. So they'll get him back. Zane uh, Anderson being out kills them. And they've been playing a ton of freshmen at linebacker. And therein lies your issues with the run game. And that's why the edge has been soft. They do need to work on that. But I don't think that that's the most important uh, improvement that needs to be made. I think the most work needs to be done on the offensive side of the ball, in particular with ball security. They have got to improve. In the losses, they have had devastating turnovers. And in Toledo, they had the ball with an opportunity to go down. All they had to do was kick a field goal and win the game, or they could have kneeled on the football three times and gone into overtime. And we know what BYU does in overtime. But but scoring offense has been a struggle. 106th in the nation. They've not been able to run the football. Now it's compounded by the fact that they lose Tyson Williams. They have got to figure out a way to move the football, to convert on third down. Yes, they have the been horrific in short yardage situations on third down. They have got to get that cleaned up. And they've got to stop turning it over. Not only not turning it over, but their turnovers have been what we call fatal turnovers. Pick sixes, scooping scores, or picks that are run back to the one-yard line. When the offense really doesn't have to do anything for the opposing team to get points, 
BYU gave Utah 20 points. Yeah. They gave points to Washington. They gave points to Toledo. And I would submit that outside of that Washington game, if the offense does their part on third down, and if they take care of the football, BYU has a chance to win all of those games. Washington Washington just was a much better football team than BYU in that game. Outside of that game, I think turnovers are the story. The offense has got to get that fixed. They've got to button it down, and they've got to figure out how to convert on third down. Yeah, I, I think the biggest surprise to me is that the, the offense just hasn't scored more. And, and I, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, especially the, the third down conversion rate, is it, with, this, with the offensive line, um, the way we, we thought that was going to play out, I thought it was going to be a massive strength where you would think that that third and short would be, would be a gimme, and it just, it just hasn't materialized so far this they, year. They've got to rethink scheme on third and short during this bye week, and maybe we see them do some things differently with Jaron Hall at quarterback, and maybe they're better on third down. If they're better on third down, that's a big step forward. With, without question. Finally, topic number three, switching gears a little bit. West Coast Conference Basketball Media Day underway in Las Vegas. We're expecting a press release sometime in the next hour with the preseason pre predictions. So Blaine, where do you expect BYU to be picked to finish in the West Coast Conference? If you don't even study it, which we do, (laughs) by the way. So if you don't even study it, don't you just automatically go, oh, preseason basketball? Gonzaga's number one, St. Mary's is number two, and BYU's number three. Don't we just do that every single year? It does seem like that's the way this plays out. And here's the thing. After we do our research, I kind of just feel the same way again. Now, I would not be surprised if BYU can move up into that number two spot, depending on, uh, you know, how well they play up front. I think the addition of Jake Toulson really gives them some firepower on the guard line. I think there'd be a much better shooting basketball team. Um, I think if Toulson qualifies for the word, I couldn't get some clarification on that since he was in the league and he's out of the league and he's back. Does he qualify for newcomer of the year? Because I, I, he's I, been out for a couple I of think Jake Toulson could be the newcomer of the year this year in the league if he, if he can play the way he played this last season. But I think the combo of Childs, Haas, and Toulson gives BYU a great chance to move up and compete. I still think Gonzaga, with the talent and the depth and the way they've got that program rolling, is always number one in this league until somebody knocks them out and nobody has. And then, and then I think you've got to give St. Mary's the nod because of where they were last year and what's coming back. I would put BYU at three with an asterisk that if they finished – and, and creep up one spot to two, I, I, I would not be surprised by that. I'd have to put Pepperdine four. Yeah. And then the only other thing I'm sure of is that Portland would probably be last. <laughs> yeah. Because they, were, they didn't win a game in conference last year, and they, they're going to struggle again this season. So outside of that, I don't know. You could pick whoever you wanted to put in that order after that. Yeah, I, I expect BYU to be picked second or third. BYU has never been higher than two, and they've never been lower than three since joining the West Coast Conference. And remember... Yoli's suspension has no bearing on conference. Exactly play. People right. can't, can't dock BYU and say, oh, but they're not going to have Yoli. No, they will have Yoli. He's going to be back for the end of non-conference and then the entire conference play. So, look, you can't factor that in. So that's certainly a good thing. Um, the, the Gavin Baxter injury news certainly a blow. But BYU has a veteran team. And, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be at best second because, again, it's Gonzaga and it's everybody else. And it's just the way it's always been. Or at worst, third. I, I, I think three with the possibility of being two, I, that's, that's where they'll end up being. If, if you have three marquee players, you can compete. And last year it was like, who's that third guy going right. to be? And they never had consistency at who that third scorer was going to be. We just thought, saw that three box. If you're watching on television, you saw three box with, with Toulson and Hawes and Yoli Childs. With those three as a core, 
I feel like BYU has a chance to be really good. I'm a little concerned about depth. I'm a little concerned about size. But I think they're going to have enough shooting and enough experience that they're going to be right there when it's all said and done in that top three. Question of the day. Which side of the ball, back to football, would you expect to improve the most over the bye week for BYU and why? Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, at Trevor Bakerson said, uh, I want to see the defense do better. We know that the offense can put up 20 or more points a game, but the defense is allowing teams to score 20 or more points a game. If BYU really wants to win games, the defense needs to start holding teams to 19 points or less. And the kind of the, the benchmark, as we've talked, is to hold teams under 24. With the exception of Washington, the defense has done that. Yeah, and, and, the, and the problem is that that the offense also then, if that's going to be your benchmark at 24 points, which I think is in college football, that needs to be the benchmark. Right. Your offense has to go out and score more than 24 if you're going to win football games. Go look at the top 10. Those teams all, they don't average 20 points a game. I'm telling you that right now. So I think 24 is a good benchmark. 19, if they can do that, they're going to be in really good shape. Absolutely. You can join in. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. You can answer that question on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So coming up, how many players will BYU have on the all-WCC preseason hoops team? Plus, BYU great Lee Johnson in Studio B. Did he bring the dirt on his former teammate, Blaine Fowler? I cannot wait for this next segment. There he is. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, fear not. Download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play and enjoy On Demand. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review BYU Sports Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Live from Studio B, we are your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Welcome back in to BYU Sports Nation. Jason Shepard alongside Blaine Fowler and happy... To welcome in our, our first guest of the day, BYU great, All-American punter, 18-year NFL vet. He is Lee Johnson. Lee, welcome Hey, in. hey, hey, gang. How y'all doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to 18, big one, bro. Like, here's, all right, and I teased this earlier in the show. Blaine knows everybody. Blaine has a story about everybody. Do you have any Blaine Fowler stories oh my. that are shareable oh. on the air? Before maybe, I got maybe not, make it look good. Not that one or that <laughs> okay, other one. Right, right. Not those two. Look, I tried to call Robbie Bosco, who is at home after a surgery on his hand, to get a really good story on Blaine. He didn't answer. I do know this about Blaine. There's never been a mirror that he didn't love. <laughs> okay? And there was never a girl that I went out with that went out with him, that wanted to go out with him. So there's a that, two that's pure, not true, true facts. Until <laughs> Lee married Shelly, there's never been a girl that I didn't date before Lee dated. So don't, be, because I would just pat, I would just be like, hey, you know what? This isn't just going to work out. But what about my buddy Lee? Because he he needed, let's just face it, he needed a little help. No second. Were you? He needed a little was help. Blaine I did need a little help. You no, know, we, we didn't hang out much, did we? No. We, we, we liked to lift. We lifted we together. Okay. Lee and I lifted together all the time. A kicker. And a, yeah. and a quarterback QB. always lifting together. Man. We took a lot of pride. We in loved it. it, yeah. And I'm gonna tell I'm gonna, Lee was the the strongest kicker, punters, kicker slash punter we've ever had. This guy worked out 
He took I'm it seriously. To work out. That's yeah, nice. He play. did. Thank you. Yep, it was fun. We used to. We'll he talks about somebody. mirrors. We used to stand back to back in the mirror and have a triceps flexing contest <laughs> in the mirror. We did. We did. I, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. Oh. You shouldn't be. I see Blaine at the gym at least three or four times a week. I know yeah, exactly I'm what trying. he still looks good. I'm trying, brother. You look good too. Okay, let's talk about this year's team, Lee. The Cougars are two and three. They're heading into this bye week. What's been your impression of the team so far this season? Man, in August, I was so pumped. I saw things going on that I had not seen in a couple of years prior, and that was uh, Zach Wilson making great completions in practice. A lot of stuff going on that I really loved. Excited going in, and Utah was a total disappointment. I did not see everything I wanted to see in the Utah game. You mentioned the 14 points or whatever that they got kind of just gifted to them. Love the last two games. Love the two games after. Really concerned about Toledo, though. I was super disappointed. My biggest concern is we have a tendency to play to our competition, and it drives me crazy. I don't like how we get up for SC, Tennessee, Utah. We got it for Utah, but we just kind of laid an egg. But we got to go into these Toledo games, and we got to crush them. That's just that we got to just go in and crush these guys. And I'm concerned that we don't go in and do those things. I have to imagine. Like, there's a reason for the bye week, and there's a lot of positives to it in terms of health, and, and certainly BYU could use, you know, some of that in, in terms of getting some guys back and closer to 100%. But I have to imagine, especially after a loss, a bye week is not a great thing. If, if After a loss, you want to come right back out and play, don't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. I, I, I don't like bye weeks. I want to go. For health reasons, to get healthy, I love it. It's great. But just a psych behind the whole thing, I want to get out there and I want to perform and realize and prove myself I'm right. not that I don't want to say bad because, well, I thought we didn't look great. So, yeah, not that bad. So you'd prefer a bye week after a win to get healthy. Yeah. After a loss, you just want to get back out there. Yeah, I just want to get back out yeah. there. Well, we we would defer to you on all things kickers and punters. You should. We, we know. Yeah, I'm the master. <laughs> we know. I'm a master. You know, right? I am. So I'm Lee Johnson. As the leading authority on all things kickers, then. <laughs> Please, um, we've got to turn that into a drop. Him saying yeah, I'm Lee Johnson. Exactly. I'm Lee Johnson, right? <laughs> I'm Lee Johnson, and I'm the authority on all things kickers. <laughs> which, support this message. Which he could say that in... It's true. It's true. I don't it's know. No, it's so it's one true. thing no. if it's not true, but this is true. So so with that in mind, we didn't even have to, everybody knows that you're the authority on kickers. Yeah, Evaluate nice. where BYU is in the kicking and punting game up to this point in the season. We are we're good. We're solid. Last week I was concerned. Jake had a rough game. And um what I didn't like to see was how they pulled him, you know, and, and put in Skyler. I don't know if he was sick. We, we had heard that Jake was sick all week last week. Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, it was frustrating to see a guy come in leading the nation, top kicker, and uh, struggle like he did. I, I don't like to see that ever, but kickers are delicate. And look at me, I'm a delicate guy, right? <laughs> no, we've got, uh, we're, we got psych. We, we deal with psyche all the time. And um, he's your guy, stick with your guy. And they, and they you know, they have him doing both. Do. Dual duty, you yeah. did that. Yeah. You know, what's that like to have to handle both of those duties? And then if you get pulled from the kicking job, does that affect your punch? Yeah, I didn't. Li- I love doing both. I love it. And I did not like anyone messing with me. I was the guy. I want to know I'm the guy. I want to know I'm the guy going in, and I don't want to have any issues. And Jake has proven to be the guy punting and kicking. Uh, he's an outstanding punter. I don't think the style that he uses is not an NFL-type style. There's no rolling out in the NFL, so he's going to have to work on that if he's looking to go to the next level as a punter, as a kicker. From what I've seen, the guy qualifies totally to be an NFL kicker. I don't like what I saw last week. I don't like that. It's, it would scare a scout for sure. It, it made me concerned a little bit, especially the second one that um, he kind of just yipped a little bit. But um, he's good. He's solid, and they got to stick with the guy. And Skyler's going to be fine. Skyler can and do his thing. Skyler's an outstanding kicker. I love that kid as well. 
But um, musical musical kickers, musical quarterbacks, I'm not into that. Well, and speaking of the quarterbacks, and this kind of goes back to the bye week, this may be one positive of the bye week with Jaron Hall now taking over for the injured Zach Wilson. It does give Jaron a couple of weeks to prepare for South Florida. Beyond that, we, we still don't know in terms of availability down the line for, for Zach. But the type of athlete that Jaron is – his mentality, this is a guy that got all the first-team reps in spring, and so the, his teammates know him. They have confidence in him. I think there are a lot of people pretty excited to see what Jaron can do out there. I agree. I think he's a great athlete, got a great arm, um, got some great reps in spring ball, and they do a lot of reps here. And we At BYU, we everyone gets to play, right? It's the first, second, third team, mainly the first and second teams, they get reps. So Jaron's had plenty of reps. I'm excited to see what he can do. He's a playmaker. Yeah. I like guys that can make plays. Go out and make a play. Think about our guys in the NFL that, that went to BYU. Those are guys that always made plays in, at BYU. I'm a guy, if you can make plays, you need to be on the field. And Jaron Hall, I mean, they've been trying to get him out on the field in different positions. Yeah, he's played yeah. some slot. He's played some running back. He's a guy that's crazy athletic, like a sub-4-4-40 type time. Yeah. With that running skill set, do you see them – tailoring the offense and maybe doing some more quarterback run game? Or do they get nervous that now they're down to number two and they don't want to go yeah. to number three? How do you manage that balance? Yeah, interesting. I, I would have to be a little bit nervous given that Zach, I, I'm not sure what they've said, four to six or what it might be. Zach's a terrific quarterback, by the way. would never take anything away from that guy. He's our, he's our guy and our leader. But, yeah, I think the RPO stuff, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know who is even third string right now. Is it Critchfield? Is it Romney? I don't even know. But uh, Both whoever, of those guys got a lot of reps. So you, right. have, you have two guys, and they're both capable – but it's not not the same as Jaron or, or Zach. And yeah. so I've been thinking about this a lot and interested in your opinion. Like, whoa, I know what you'd like to do with him because he can change the game with his athleticism, but can you really do that? Or do you get nervous that you put him in harm's way by having him run the football? Before? Yeah, I think the stuff that uh, Taysom would do, I'm not a real fan of for the situation right now, but going a six-step, whatever, four-step, six-step drop, spreading the field out and let that dude take off where he's got some open field and go. I mean, I would love. Now, I did not like the fact that in the Utah game he had that one opportunity where he slid. He, he's he's got to go. Use his athletic ability and go. Go make a play, right? Don't go. You weren't in there to go slide. Go make a play. Let's go. You're fast. You're strong. You're big. You're physical. We need dudes that can go make plays. We're starting to see, and you referenced the NFL and, and Taysom just a second ago. We're starting to see more and more Cougars making their impression in the National Football League just this week, KVNs, the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Taysom Hill, you brought up, household name in New Orleans, the Swiss Army Knife for the Saints, Daniel Sorensen, Andy Reid, my Chiefs, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. Just throwing that in there. I agree. He's a Chiefs guy. I think they're tough. He's a Chiefs guy. <laughs> How great is it as a, as a former Cougar or as a Cougar, a former NFL guy, to be able to see players from BYU succeed at that level? I love it, but we need more. we got to get more guys in the NFL. That's the bottom line. we got great guys, the guys that are in there dominating in their position. They do a great job. But we need to get guys prepared in college to get them in the NFL. We need to get better players making better plays so the people are interested in us in the NFL. I want more out there. I want to represent you guys. Yeah. I'm a Cougar, man. Well, he told, he told us we maybe have a kicker that could be there. Jay could do it. At some, yeah. at some point. He's young. He's a youngin' but can develop. Right? He's got time, yeah. And, B, and BYU up front, they're, re, they're really young up front. Yeah, but they feel yeah. like they're back in the NFL lineman game again up front. And that's Kyrus where, is going to be an NFL yeah, guy. Kyrus, yeah, I so think I, they like Kyrus. There, there's maybe more on the roster than we've had in recent years. The problem is they're, it's a bunch of youngins right now. It Freshmen, is. sophomores, yeah. a couple of juniors. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe not this year, but uh, in, a, in the next two years, all of a sudden I think there's maybe more of an influx of NFL talent. And as that 
I mean, is that something that we should look forward to? Yeah, I think so. And I do like the fact that we do pro day, and the guys do well at pro day. We get a lot of guys signed in camps. I'm really impressed with that. It's a great. To, it's great to see the guys that get signed, but to carry over and to uh, to get on the roster and and to be uh, an impact player. That's what I'm saying. I just want more guys to be impact players. I want to represent the Y, and uh, you know, I love what KVN's doing and Taysom and, yeah. and all the crew. Danny, it's just amazing to watch. But yeah, no, we got guys coming up. Sure, we do. Yeah, I think you can see Zach having an opportunity down the road. Bushman, you know, having yeah. an opportunity. Lee Johnson, Blaine Fowler. <laughs> Well, I've been working at it. I'm afraid, afraid if I ran from here to the other side of the desk, that might be, blow out both hamstrings. Yeah, but you got some pipes, though. There we go. Don't ever. I can still throw it. You can, your pipes, I can still buddy. throw it. You can still kick it. Sure. That's all we can do, though. Yeah, right. so. Lee, great stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, once the show's over, you and Blaine can go work out. Okay. We'll pump it I'll up. See, I got my swell on this morning already. Did I you get it? He you goes done? early. He goes I early. Did. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Lee. Thank you. Hey, coming up, we go live to Vegas with Greg Rebell from the WCC Hoops Media Day. And how many Cougars will get West Coast Conference preseason honors? This is BYU Sports Nation. Fourth-ranked BYU soccer looks to remain undefeated as they hit the road to face Santa Clara on Saturday. Hear Greg Rebell on the call of the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM or on the BYU Cougars app. Huge, huge game for number four BYU women's soccer starting West Coast Conference play. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, in case you missed it. How about today's BYU Sports Nation headlines in a refresh? Ziggy Ansah and the Seattle Seahawks face the L.A. Rams tonight in Seattle on Thursday night football. Ansah has five tackles and one sack so far this season. Jimmer Fredette's been named to Sports Illustrated 2010's All-Decades Second Team. Jimmer and Panthenikos, and that's all I'm saying. I like it. I'm not going with the other team. I like it. Panthenikos, they play today. Yep. And they're opening EuroLeague game at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You're a seasoned broadcast veteran. Panthenikos, I got that one. Well done, well done. BYU women's basketball picks second behind Gonzaga in the annual West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll. The Cougars received three first-place votes. Three Cougars were selected for the all-WCC preseason team. Those three would be Paisley Johnson, Sarah Hampson, and Brenda Chase Drollinger. BYU men's basketball preseason coaches poll. We're expecting something within the next half hour or so. And let, let it be known, I think BYU's women are going to win the league. Pick second. I, I, I think they're going to win the league. So let's go to headline four. Number nine women's volleyball is back out on the road to take on Pacific tonight. BYU has won 10 of their last 11. They're a perfect 3-0 in WCC play. The game tips off at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the WCC network. All right. Um, this is this is going to be interesting because we've been talking a lot. Uh, and one of our trending topics was, was what we expect from BYU basketball, where we expect to see them picked I'm going to take it one step further and play more or less. More or less on BYU Sports Nation. More or less is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Okay, so here's how this works. It's in the name, more or less. You have to choose more or less than what I'm about to give you. BYU will have more or less than two players on the West Coast Conference preseason hoops team. More or less than two. I think they're going to have more. And here's why. Okay, all right. I think Jake Toulson is going to get some type of mention, whether it's on a second team or whether it's as a potential newcomer of the year, whatever it is, I think he's going to get mentioned. If anybody's done any of the work before the season. And, And that brings us to our stat of the day. Jake Toulson. Nation stat of the day. 
53.7% from the field this last season, 44.8% from three, and 85.1% from the free throw line. And and if those numbers translate, which I believe they can, he's a very skilled player, he's got it rolling, he's a confident player, he's just what BYU needs on the perimeter, Jason. He's he's the kind of guy – that that can complement Hawes so very well by spotting up and knocking down shots consistently. It changes what defenses can do to BYU this year. I this is exactly why getting Jake Toulson was such a big get. Obviously, you have the familiarity that he was in the program before, and then obviously his familiarity with Coach Pope and the coaching staff. But those numbers alone are exactly what BYU needs. To be able to stretch the floor, and and not just stretch the floor, but you know he's going to have opportunities to have open looks. And for a guy like that to be able to, We've seen in the past where guys have had open looks but just aren't able to make the shots. This is a guy that's been able to make those shots. Now, more or less, if we're going – I think they're going to get to. You think it's going to be exact? I, I think it's – but, but it's Not more or less. less. So I, I don't want to shortchange BYU by saying one. So, so because I have to say more or less, I will say more – because I think they're going to get more than one. I think it's going to be two. And, and you know, whether it's, it's Yoli, it's TJ, it's Jake Toulson. Those are the three that are in the mix. So I will say more, but when it's all said and done, I think they're going to get two. I think two's a certainty. Three would be a bonus. Absolutely. So I'm thinking positively. You're, you're half empty guy. A glass half <laughs> no, empty. No, no, no. I just don't. Yeah, I'm. There, it's more or less. It's, it's not more or less or spot on. It's inter- spot on. That's where. I would yeah, go. I think the first two are good. It's interesting that the when I've done games in the league, every coach in the league when you go to do a BYU game says, "Man, we just can't stay in front of Haas. Can't stay in front of him. So we have to collapse. We have to double team. We have to rotate. When you got to shoot around the outside, and you start to rotate." He's getting open shots. That's going to be a big, big difference maker for BYU. I love it. I, I, I think he's, a, he's going to be good this year. So coming up, we, we, we give some love to an underappreciated Coug in Canada. I can't wait to get to that. And speaking of Canada, Greg Rubel, he's not going to join us from Canada, but he is Canadian. He will join us from Las Vegas. And how about this? There will be a hockey rink in the background. Oh, yes. We'll talk uh, WCC basketball with Greg Rubel coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's all Canadian block. This segment brought to you by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYUSN airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio. It is on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. Joining us now, welcome back in, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler from Las Vegas. And I have to imagine, look, in terms of a city that Greg has spent more time in because of his job than his than his own home city, I've got to imagine Vegas is pretty high up with all the bowl games and conference games and WCC games. Greg Rebell joining us from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas with a hockey rink behind him. What a great day. Greg Rebell joining us. Hi, Greg. Hello, guys. And whack basketball tournament games and Mountain West tournament basketball games. And, uh, yeah, it's probably the second most frequent uh, venue uh, destination for me besides right there in in Pro. And, yes, uh, we are at the uh, Orleans Arena where there is a hockey rink uh, put down. 
I think it's the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game. Uh, Minnesota and North Dakota might be the teams involved, but uh, don't quote me on that. But there will be some hockey at some point being played. But today, it's all about basketball. It is the uh, men's basketball media day one day after the women's basketball media day you've already referenced it BYU picked second in league we'll see where the coaches have uh, the BYU men today and the question will be when did they vote uh before or after the Gavin Baxter news uh because that's going to have obviously a big influence on on, uh, on on how BYU performs this year yeah that it, interesting you know news on Baxter and they were already kind of thin on the front line so so while we're waiting to find out where BYU will be picked on the men's side in the conference poll how good do you think um, this league is going to be this year, and where will BYU finish? Well, as always, you know, good at the top. Uh, you've got two tournament teams, I think, in Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, BYU, before the whole Yoli Childs Gavin Baxter thing, was a popular pick to be in the mix uh, for a third spot. And Pep got some uh, got some love as well for a team that could threaten to be on the bubble. Um, so I think everyone believes that uh, Pep, with as many people as they have back, and Coach Romar are now kind of settling in, they could be challenging for a top tier finish. And you know, BYU's never finished uh, lower than third in this league, never higher than second. Um, uh, but you know, the question is, what does this team really look like uh, with without uh, a starting front court for the entire month uh, of uh, well it, the entire first month of the season and then not getting Gavin Baxter at any point this season BYU just doesn't have a lot of size uh, and depth in the front court is the main challenge so how does BYU play stylistically what does BYU look like and so to me there are more unknown uh, this season than really any season I can recall normally you've got a pretty good sense of what he's going to look like play like but now with a new staff and so many personnel challenges it is wide open right now and I have no idea what you got to finish now. You know, one of the things about this team, and like you said, there there are a lot of unknowns. One thing that this team has that we haven't seen for for a couple of seasons is that senior leadership. And and now you've got some of these older players, not just one or two. Now you've got a handful of these older players. How much do you think that will help this team as as this season progresses? Yeah, you know, senior nights became kind of lonely for a while there. There were just, uh, there'd either be no one or, or, or the guys that introduced weren't playing or they were injured or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, this will feel like kind of a more traditional senior class, if you will. And that's got to help. And and, uh, and to me, the most important question is, um, you know, which of those seniors will play the most meaningful minutes and where. Uh, and this may not be a prototypical look for a BYU basketball team or really any college basketball team, uh, just depending on, on who Mark believes his five best players are at any given moment. And again, the first month will look a little different from the last remaining months. But with no Yuli and no Gavin uh, in that first month, what will BYU put out there and who among those starters will actually be seniors? I, I know we'll see at least a handful of them out there. And uh, I know Coach Pope's going to have to lean on those guys quite a bit. Um, this may be a year where that senior class and, and the veterans see an overwhelming proportion of minutes played. It's just a numbers game right now with BYU. And, and, and if, if unless a couple of waivers get approved, which would really help, by the way, fingers crossed that they can maybe get a guy back a guy or two early on this thing. But if the waivers aren't approved, it's just going to be a numbers game and one where BYU is going to have to, uh, I, I think, really lean on a core to be good for a lot of consistent minutes and consecutive minutes on the floor. Wow, a, a lot to look forward to and a lot still up in the air. The waivers from the UVU transfers could give him some size. How is Toulson going to fit in? Is he going to have an impact? So, so we're looking forward to basketball. Let's uh, move over to football now. We were talking about this earlier in the show. Which side of the ball do you think on this football team needs to improve the most over this bye week if they're going to make a run here in this back half of the season? 
Well, you know, the, the, the defensive numbers against the run are very much an outlier from where they have been uh, in the Kalani Sitake era. Everyone's running on BYU right now. Everyone's running for big numbers on BYU right now. Uh, the yards per carry and the yards per game are, are nowhere close to where they've been historically. So I guess you'd have to look at that one area that has to maybe improve the most dramatically because that's, that's where BYU's, I think, kind of been uh, exposed right now and teams are taking advantage of it. Uh, you know, another team running for 240-plus this past Saturday. And that was a game in which BYU kind of had Toledo... Uh, you know, more or less contained on the ground in the first half. Second half was an entirely different story. So having said that about rush defense, it's all about points. And BYU's got to score more. Uh, you know, 21's not going to get it done. Uh, it didn't get it done this past week. And in college football these days, uh, you know, 21 is less frequent than 31 right now in terms of the team's uh, scoring averages. Uh, if you're not scoring 30-plus, you're in the minority right now in the FBS. And so they just have to score more. And I thought they'd score well and more against Toledo than they did. Um, so while the rush defense has to improve, the offense has to find a way to be more productive. Because right now, it's a lot of empty yards, right? They, uh, against Toledo is a pretty good example. Uh, they were at or inside the 35 eight times on the day for three scores. You know, you have to get points when you get to the 35. And to be under 50%, on your inside 35 possessions, and that includes a play that ran into the 35 on that 75-yard pass, if you're under 50%, you're probably not going to win games. And, and BYU has to improve. And the interesting thing is in Jeff Grimes' first year as OC, red zone touchdown percentage was a real strong point. They may have lagged other places, but when they got into scoring territory, they got into the end zone. They were one of the best, in fact, the top 25 red zone touchdown percentage team. Well, this year the numbers are way off last year, and the yards are emptier. And they've had a few more field goals, and even that was a problem Saturday at Toledo with some field goal misses. But uh, just have to be more efficient when they get into, in, into a position to score. The good news is with Jake Oldroyd, when you get to 35, you've got a reasonable chance to score. You should expect points at that point. So getting only three scores out of eight drives at Toledo was kind of uh, maybe symbolic and, symptom and, and, and symptomatic of, of where this team is right now offensively. Greg, last thing uh, before we let you go. We, we've talked basketball with you. We've talked football with you. Got to mix in a BYU women's soccer, fourth-ranked team in the country, beginning WCC play Saturday night, uh, Saturday afternoon at Santa Clara. Uh, you will be on the call. Do you like the fact that the two best teams, the teams that were picked atop the league, facing each other in game number one? Well, uh, we find out pretty early uh, who, the, who the favorite's going to be in, in the WCC, and so that's, that's not a bad thing, kind of set the bar right off the top. You know, it, it's, it's been a long time since Santa Clara uh, won this league outright. You know, it's been 2006, Santa Clara's last outright championship, well before BYU joined the league. Since BYU joined the league, Santa Clara has one title that was shared with BYU. So, you know, BYU's kind of running this thing right now in terms of championships. I know Pep's right up there, and they have been good, but BYU is is the team that, since it joined the league, has, has been the most dominant force in women's soccer. And so Santa Clara is the historical favorite. They have a national championship. Jerry Smith's a legend. They've never lost to BYU on their home pitch. All these things are in their favor. But BYU is the 10-0 team. Santa Clara is the 6-5 team. Uh, BYU's got a good thing going right now. The only thing they've not done, the only thing they haven't done, is win a game at Santa Clara. 0-6-2 all time. And that can change Saturday afternoon. Santa Clara is a good team with a great coach and a great history. 
But, uh, but BYU's got a real good thing going in this league and this season. And so BYU should feel good about its chances here uh, at Stevens Stadium on Saturday afternoon. BYU's averaging around three goals per game right now. Uh, goals are coming from all over. Eleven different players have scored on this team right now. It really is up and down on the roster. So the Cougs have reason to feel good. And they've also got that, you know, mini chip on the shoulder, right? Santa Clara can say we've never lost to you guys here. And BYU can change that in one fell swoop on, on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Greg, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us from Las Vegas. We'll let you get to uh, some basketball duties uh, as that is going on right now. And we'll obviously hear you on the call coming up Saturday afternoon, number four BYU women's soccer at Santa Clara. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Sounds great. And, uh, yeah, the preseason poll from the coaches and the all-conference team come out in about a half hour or so. So stay tuned to your social media outlets and otherwise. And uh, on the football note, before I let you guys run, just cross fingers and, and pray for good health because losing uh, your two best offensive players in back-to-back -back weeks is a big blow for this team. We really didn't hit it, but uh, Zach Wilson and Tyson Williams back-to-back, -back, that's tough. Yep. And the Cougars have to regroup and, uh, and show resiliency and hang in there. Thanks, guys. You bet. There Thanks, Greg. Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel joining us here from Las Vegas. Well, coming up, can an offensive lineman get some love? And Juddy the Jedi? Oh, yeah, we'll explain this is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, Lee Johnson and Greg Rubel. The show is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Hey, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah and the Seattle Seahawks face the Los Angeles Rams tonight in Seattle on Thursday Night Football. And our boy, Jerem Jordan, will be in attendance at that one. Such a front runner. Yes, he is. Jimmer! Fredette has been named to Sports Illustrated's 2010's All-Decade Second Team. Why not first team? Jimmer and Panthenikos take on an opposing team. Thank you very that? much. See, Thank I you caught very myself much. before I butchered You got Panthenikos right. Yeah, exactly. And they're opening early game, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Women's basketball. BYU women's basketball's pick second. Behind the Zags in the annual West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll, the Cougars received three first-place votes. Three Cougars were selected for the all-WCC preseason team, Paisley Johnson, Sarah Hampson, and Brenna Chase Strollinger. All picked on that WCC team. Men's basketball. Preseason coaches poll expected to be released later today. As Greg Rubel mentioned just a minute ago, hopefully within the next 30 minutes, they are uh, waiting that out at the West Coast Conference Basketball Media Day in Las Vegas. Volleyball. Number nine, women's volleyball is back out on the road to take on Pacific tonight. BYU's won 10 of their last 11. They're a perfect 3-0 in WCC play. The game tonight will tip off at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on the WCC Network. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair begins playing today in the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open in Las Vegas on the PGA Tour. Blair tees off at 1.50 p.m. Eastern, 11.50 a.m. Pacific. All right, time for our rise and shout outs. Who are you going with today, Blaine? I'm not going to tell you. Like, well, that's kind of the point of this oh. show is you need to say here's our rise and shout outs, and then you oh. have to give said rise and shout out. So I've got, I was, I was just like going to wait. It's not really, it's more just a rise if you're not actually going to shout it out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Riker Matthews. Okay. And, and the reason I am is, there, there was a tweet that, that, that came out, and uh, it was about Cougars, that showcasing Cougars in the NFL. Yes. Right? And so he 
retweets out. He tweets out, can I at least get a CFL honorable mention paired with my <laughs> offensive line stats? Then he posted his stats with a Hamilton Tiger cat. He says, hey, we're 11 and three, but here's my stats. Zero receiving yards, zero rushing yards, zero TDs, zero tackings, three hold tackles, three holding calls, okay. and four dislocated fingers. I'm giving a shout-out to our boy Riker Matthews in the CFL with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, very nice. Love to see, love to see the, uh, the guys in the pros uh, doing well. Four dislocated fingers. That's, that's, I've never had one, and I'm hoping life, that stays. Life of an offensive line. I guess. You just tape it up and go. I, apparently. Uh, my rise and shout-out is going to Jeff Judkins. Uh, the head coach of the BYU women's basketball team. Not only is he my buddy Juddy, uh, but he is apparently on another level in terms of Jedi skills. The man is apparently completely immune to a lightsaber to the neck. Now, for those listening on BYU radio right now, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, but Paisley Johnson on Instagram posted a picture of her and Juddy posing at the, uh, the women's basketball media day yesterday. And there are some lights they're using on the side that look exactly like lightsabers, one of which looks like it's about to take Juddy's head off. But the man is so good... He is impervious to lightsabers to the And neck. he doesn't even flinch. Doesn't even flinch. Look at the man. That is not a Padawan. He that is, is a full-fledged Jedi Knight right there. He's a rock, and he says, Darth Vader, oh, no problem. <gasps> Our question of the day. Which side of the ball do you expect to improve the most over the bye week for BYU and why? Uh, on Twitter, this one coming in from at Twiggy or Stone, says, I hope it's the offense. I think some of the defensive issues are due to how long they've been out on the field. Interesting. Need the offense to convert on third and short and extend drives. It's something you were talking about. Yeah, it's exa- I, I think that that's the deal. And another from Twitter, this comes from, um, uh, or from Instagram. It better be the offense. With a two-plus turnover rate last week and some nice kick returns, it is sad that we could only get 21 points, and that came from at DGW559. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on Instagram from at commando.carry, says BYU has traditionally been an offensive juggernaut, but for the last few years, not so much. Both sides of the ball have plenty of room to improve, but I think the offense needs to step it up a notch. I'm with them. I, th- I think they do. I, th- I think Greg said the same thing. Both sides need to do yes. some things better, but the offense has to score points. They need to get 30-plus. If they do that, all things will be taken care well, of. Well, and, and that's – look, I, I agree with you 100%, but I, I still say that with the defensive side, the, those defensive rushing numbers, they have to improve. No, I, I agree with you there, too. Let's do those two things, and I think we'll be smooth sailing. Plus that's, South Florida, that's the, Florida's it's a little good. bit of a step down. Yes. So, hey, but before we go, I, can we say sorry to Dennis Petta that we ran out you of time? Did. Uh, The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag BYUSN. For Blaine, I'm Jason. Shout out to Kyle Morrell. Back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern. Go Cougs. Are you looking for a better way to deliver results this year? Expanding your product line?